0: Film and television, merely entertainment, right? No. There's so much more to film and television that changes our perspectives. And as a result, we can have different either realistic expectations or non-realistic expectations about what life is really like, whether it be horror that helps us develop a habit of turning every light on in the house, or a comedy that helps us relieve tension in the saddest times of our life. I want to go in the Wayback Machine and find out exactly what movie helped shape you. I'm Oma Shadi, and welcome to the Between the Bannisters podcast. Hey kids, welcome back to Between the Bannisters. And I always say that I am incredibly excited. <laughs> I realize I say that every stinking podcast I'm like guys I'm really excited to talk about it but today I am very chuffed we'll leave it there I'm chuffed because I I'm, (laughs) I'm actually really excited to talk about this movie so today we are going to be talking to Mark Romasky and he is such an incredible person we've had a lot of really great conversations amazing screenwriter writes really amazing things but we're talking about a very very cool movie that was literally done to death in my childhood. We had every VHS. We had, it was a green line through it. We had to get another one, but I'm excited to talk to him today, but a little bit about Mark before we get started. So Mark was born and raised in Philadelphia. He grew up an avid fan of comic books and genre movies. The interest continued throughout his years and into his time at Frankfurt High School, where he took creative writing, journalism, and drama. These courses only fueled the fires for creativity and deepened his appreciation for the film medium and his desire to create drew him to screen and comic book writing. After a decade spent at EMS, Marcus settled into a career in municipal service while honing his craft as a screenwriter, working on bridging genre comedies to the big and small screen alike. All along his journey to repay the creative debt he owes, one thing is clear. His first love of cinema came in the form of three broke-ass paranormal scientists, one regular Joe trying to save Sigourney Weaver, Rick Moranis, and the rest of Lower Manhattan from getting sucked into hell at the hands of a sparkly deity and a giant marshmallow man. It could be none other than, Mark, what are we talking about today?
1: We are talking about the one, the only, the magnificent Ghostbusters, the greatest, the the best film of all time. I am excited. excited. (laughs) I just watched this movie this morning before we got on. Like, yeah, just everything about this movie is screams childhood. Like, they were the first and forefront before there were transformers and ninja turtles the ghostbusters was right there man, that was they were best everything.
0: oh i love it i love this movie so much because i'm not gonna lie as a kid i had such a crush on harold ramus
1: <laughs> well not a crush but he is he was the ghostbuster man like he was he was the one that i wanted um, to be yeah he was i sure. made the proton packs and everything he was the guy
0: he was the guy. So tell me about why you chose this movie above all others
1: well, it's it, it's all about that you know, that childhood draw, as as we say, the movie came out like roughly a year after I was born. So it was, you know, beholden to my eyes very early on and throughout. And um, you know, that's that 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 was the cinematic grab early on. You know, you can't help as a child but be drawn to the sight of a giant man made of marshmallow trouncing <laughs> through uh manhattan and trying to attack four people on top of a building you can't you know you can't draw childhood interest like that unless you have like you know muppets and sesame street in the
0: (laughs) correct
1: so that was the draw and then that 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 brought in the the cartoon and then you know the sequel and everything afterward it was just like ghostbusters ghostbusters
0: bam yeah and i remember um because i'm i'm a little bit older than you I remember being in second or third grade when that movie came out and like Halloween following that was everybody was a Ghostbuster and it was insane like nobody was anything it was a couple of He-Mans maybe a couple of GI Joes but everyone was a Ghostbuster so tell me why you loved this movie.
1: Why I love this movie is everything clicks um, That's it's, it, it, from the, the 30s, uh, the almost 40-year-old. I mean, like comedically, it really just shows everyone's talent as a, as a writer, as a performer, like from everyone from the mayor, like David Margulies and and um, William Atherton playing the Mr. Peck from the EPA. Like everyone is not wasted at all. Like uh, Annie Potts, like you can't survive Ghostbusters without Annie Potts like everyone was given love the right amount of time to do whatever they could and it's just so great to to revisit that movie every time that i do because you know i might not find anything new now but <laughs> you know i i can't help myself but be like say right along with every line in the movie be like yes this man has no dick i looked at the trap right you know cats and dogs living together mass hysteria like you can't help but love this movie so i can't I don't know if I could define it in one sentence, but this is just the goat of movies.
0: It really, really is. And for me, like you have such a great cast of characters, these four guys, and you have, you know, Bill Murray in his, I don't want to say prime because he definitely went on to have a more, a long, illustrious career, but you really have him coming, like really having his own, like the eighties was really Bill Murray's decade and have such a comedic timing that he has and the work that he did with Harold Ramis from being in like stripes and things like that and working off each other and then having Dan Aykroyd being in Saturday Night Live and and I think having, having you know that type of slapstick going on while they're all four fully formed men with all these different personalities what did you draw from that as a kid what was the most fun part of that movie for you
1: the most fun part of the movie was seeing as you were saying how the personalities were so different because you have Ray who's like the um the I don't know naive boy scout and uh you know Venkman is just like I'm gonna get it done I'm gonna get whatever I want out of this and 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 Egon is just like I'm the the scientist, the man, and you know I know this kind of shit is real, so let's go do this. And Winston's like, "Where's my paycheck?" <laughs> 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 well,
0: Winston's like, "Fuck you, pay me." Like, yeah, how did was, I get into this? Especially in said. Ghostbusters too, and he really gets the shit end of the stick. But so does Ray in this one, you know, getting you know falling into things like that. But where in these characters? So run me through a little bit of how you feel if you relate to any of them at all run me through how you relate to these four characters
1: well i know that i relate to egon in the sense that, that you know in the, the part where janine is hitting on him like so hardcore and he's just like i collect more mold, sp- mold spores and fungus <laughs> you just <laughs> he shut off believe. from people sometimes right. yes <laughs> it's not even just like the aloofness of it it's just like i i don't have time for people <laughs> for better or worse that is how i relate um so yeah i related to him in that way. Um, I it's really weird to say like him and Winston were the only two I related to because Winston at least in the movie was just like the regular guy whereas I'm not like Egon in the brain function sense I was like Winston and like I don't you know combat ghosts (laughs) but here I am um,
0: I feel like he kind of gets like thrust into it a little bit. Like he's just, he's very entertaining, but I think that his investment is only because like he's literally in it this far. So he might as well kind of stick with it. Like,
1: Yeah. I mean, if somebody handed me this this laser gun that sits on my back and said, shoot at that thing when it appears and it actually appears, I'd be like, yeah, I'll stick this out. Keep paying me.
0: <laughs> my favorite part is really, it was the Scolari brothers. That's when the, it really kicks off right when they when they the two ghosts in the courtroom
1: well that's in the sequel but uh, it's in
0: the sequel oh it's in the yes. sequel uh um, see look the at first you <laughs> time, that's okay
1: <laughs> the first time in the um that they test out the equipment in the field Winston's not with them yet but it's at the uh the Sedgwick hotel and um you know they're going up in the elevator and this the scene is so funny to me because as an adult you're watching it You don't notice the no smoking sign behind the three of them in the elevator, but here they are, three of them huddled together with nuclear accelerator colliders on the back of them. (laughs) I'm just like, this is, everything's here in this scene. And it's not
0: important. It's not. (laughs) Now, not too much important. So walk me through, I know this is going to be crazy because I always say, oh, give me one of your favorites. Give me as many favorite scenes or favorite lines in this movie that you think are absolutely iconic to this film?
1: Oh, yeah, this is really difficult, but I have to say Mother Puss Bucket is one of my favorites. (laughs) Because, you know, I have several children, and when I'm trying not to be profane, that is a fallback. Because, you know, it's that and Fiddlesticks, but that's not in this movie. (laughs) Fiddlesticks. Um, And then we have the, um, the obvious, this man has no dick. Um, to which you know, one of the best trivial moments, uh, trivial pieces I find out about this is William Atherton walking down the street in New York and having an entire school bus of children say "Hey Dickless" to him
0: right after the movie <laughs> came out. I'm just
1: like, wow. Oh no! <laughs> uh, it's he, not he got so. That's not. But you know, that's the '80s. That was pre-internet. When well, we did not realize celebrities were different than characters. <laughs> We still don't know that now.
0: Right, we still don't give people that that benefit. We don't.
1: Anyway, scratch that from the record. (laughs) 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 But uh, there's also the scene when uh, Louis Tully is possessed by one of the uh, minions of Gozer and he's parading, he's he's, he's, like running around New York and he walks up to a horse. He asks the horse, Are you the gate or are you the key master or the gatekeeper? That's it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I am the gatekeeper am the, the key. Master. Like, he gives
1: the rides i take the money pal what do you want <laughs> it's like, there's so much in that movie and you're right this is so difficult to pinpoint it because it's like uh are you a god no blam <laughs> it's like you, if someone you if you're a god right you say yes
0: i just Whew. like when they have the the toaster and they put is that is the also the
1: sequel, but is I is it love the sequel? That. That is, that is. I feel like I'm you know so what? bad You can lump All four up. movies into this episode if you want, and I won't care.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to think back because honestly, I have not seen this film in probably about 12 years. Wow. So that's, I that's I partisan haven't...
1: to me. It is. Okay. <laughs>
0: you know what? I lie. Probably about eight, because we did we did try to get my youngest into them because he had was on like a Bill Murray kick. Because we watch Scrooged every year. That's part of our Christmas tradition we watch Scrooge. So I was like, oh, he's also in this. And he was like, he's a ghostbuster. And he flipped out. So we had to watch them. (laughs) But I have not watched them in about eight years. So for me, it's entertaining to, I always ask, like, what is your favorite scene? Because there's always something that I'm going to forget. There's always a line that I'm going to forget. But I feel like having this be your goat movie or your your Mm -hmm. super go-to, is there anything in the first film or even any in the subsequent storylines where you feel like, I kind of wish they didn't do that or I wish I'd seen more of that?
1: Um, in the first movie, I don't know as much. I know it, it comes down to the, the the actual camera work of it because um, everybody's I've seen this on the internet. People complain about motion smoothing. Mm. And um, yeah, the cameras are really guilty of that, even in like VHS copies before HDTVs were a thing. Like, you could see that. And that was a thing for me as a kid. Like, why does the camera look that way, you know? But um, in the second one, I would say, like, um, maybe change the height of the Statue of Liberty coming off of its thing, because that's a big <laughs> drop for such a thing with no legs. Oh, for sure. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll always say that's the best horror sequel of all time, and I love that movie till I die. I own it. I watch it several times a year. Like, no hate towards Ghostbusters 2, but it's not really that great of a movie from, like, you know, from my... Uh, adult standpoint but i love it still so much but the definitely the height of the statue of liberty part gets me every time um i do
0: like that (laughs) i do like that a lot and it's so funny because it's just like even seeing like the foot come off (laughs) and being like what is happening like she's she's getting into it how many times have you seen this movie
1: Oh, I can't give you an actual number. I just know that it is definitely over fifty and probably under two hundred. <laughs>
0: <laughs> kind of a wide range. <laughs> it is very,
1: very obtuse range because I, I know, mean, I've like I've at I... least
0: seen it fifty times
1: before this morning the last time i watched it was like three weeks ago on a plane ride back from florida so (laughs) you see how many times a year i watch this at least
0: you know it's what do you feel about the subsequent movies because obviously i feel like everything's in the fucking original and it's not what do you what do you you like about the sequels to this movie
1: um to, to be fair there's a lot of original elements that feel like they're in the sequel. So to get that tossed together, if you don't watch them as many times as I do, is absolutely fine. Um, but like that still uh, holds a very precious childhood memories. So like the second one I loved to death, um, the, the, the 2016 release that they did, I just watched that one yesterday, So uh, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. And you know, while some things like fall short, it's, it's still a pretty funny movie in its own right. And Afterlife, um, while you know i watched that this weekend with my daughter because i just bought that um it's it's very sweet and touching and charming it still does not compare at all to the original um so while i'm very overall happy in the video game holy shit if you play the 20 uh 2008 video game that is fucking great like the story and that's pretty good that would have been a third movie but uh, I digress. Uh, but yeah, uh, on the whole, Ghostbusters products, I'm usually pretty happy with. Did so you have?
0: Did you have a just, Ghostbusters outfit?
1: Um, what like a jumpsuit? Yeah. I did not. But I did not have a jumpsuit. But I did have like the um like the Kenner Proton Pack toy. That so yeah, I had that one and like you know I had my little action figures in my Ecto One. So did not have a jumpsuit, but I, I did have me a Proton Pack.
0: It's not too late. it's not it's it's not too late late. they
1: sell them every year at halloween (laughs) all right go you should get i should
0: right around florida in that thing you should what is now i always ask this question it's this is going to be kind of funky because we have so many sequels and obviously because i'm dumb and i think everything has been in the original it's not you're not (laughs) (laughs) don't lie to the kids mark don't lie to the kids so can you describe this movie to someone who has no idea what Ghostbusters
1: is. Could I describe it? Yes, I had to because um, working in EMS, I once found somebody who was born in 1994 that had no idea what Ghostbusters was. Oh, snap. Um, Yeah, right? (laughs) Um, So it was just basically, yes, three scientists stumble upon a gateway to hell and they have to stop it from opening in Lower Manhattan. Yeah. That's kind that, of it. And it's, it doesn't perfect. do it justice. It, it really doesn't. I think the better description is the three broke-ass ones <laughs> in the beginning of the episode. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Like that, literally what you just said is actually better than the IMDb logline. Because the IMDb logline says three parapsychologists forced out of their university funding set up shop as a unique ghost removal service in New York City, attracting frightened yet skeptical customers.
1: Yo, that that is i'm just looking at it now that is a funny log line for this movie
0: <laughs> <laughs> also, <laughs> <Unique lot>
1: more... <laughs> ghost removal service <laughs>
0: <laughs> which oh, you really boy. don't get to until kind of like two-thirds into the movie <laughs> well actually you
1: know what's funny is when you go back and i watched again watch this one this morning it's the, the the use of proton packs in the the original happens a lot faster when they the 2016 remake that one's like almost two-thirds into the movie and I yeah. think that's where a lot of people's backlash might actually come from because <laughs> I was just like wow this does happen pretty late but, yeah
0: because um, I gotta yeah. go through like the people not believing them and x y and z and it's, I feel like the logline literally kind of spoils the journey
1: <laughs> it does because them getting kicked out of college happens in like the first three minutes of the movie <laughs>
0: wild just... Wild, wild, wild. All right, so great logline. line. I want you to tell me what you think. And like I said, a couple episodes back, I had a friend of mine that completely burst my bubble about personal allegories because, you know, I'm an overanalyzer about everything, especially film and TV. What do you think, in your personal opinion, that this movie was trying to say, if anything?
1: Well, I mean, from like a, a thematic, uh, I don't think this movie necessarily carries a theme as, as much as some of uh more meaningful dramatic movies do um but if there's any meaning at all behind this movie it's don't count people out because you know you might not see the ghost but two weeks later it might lift you off the floor and throw you across the courtroom so
0: you know that was the sequel by the way this was
1: (laughs) i'm done. bam
0: Bam. no i had to like i had to redeem myself no but i think I think that that's great because it really does take you have these people who are absolute underdogs and obviously as the imdb logline kind of spoils it that they do use lose their university funding to do whatever they're trying to do or whatever they're trying to bring to light so obviously you've got some really smart dudes that just aren't represented well that aren't believed that aren't x y and z and they end up literally saving the freaking city like they save the city <laughs> And then they meet so much um, adversity because of that, because of what they're trying to do.
1: And one last thing I want to throw in there as being from Philadelphia and not being from New York, I just want to say it is so New York for (laughs) in both movies for them to save the city (laughs) and the world and New York to be like, Hey, fuck you. What have you done to me lately two years ago? Like, yo. (laughs) Perfect. and what that was two mwah. years ago
0: that you saved the city so what
1: <laughs> right like the kids in afterlife couldn't even find that shit online if they tried like holy shit new york was like fuck you guys uh when it goes or happen
0: <laughs> yeah not important <laughs> but we do know how to get marshmallow off everything come see us for some cleaning but what's so nuts about that is that yeah it's, it's a great until you said it you know i really don't think about ghostbusters as an underdog ish movie but it totally is and it to your point about new york you're absolutely right <laughs> as someone who lives in the state and someone who who you know lived and worked in the city it takes a whole hell of a lot to impress a new yorker which is fine we we hold a different status quo in the city we have very high expectations so it makes sense that you would say that. But I'm really, really excited that you got to talk about this today. Because it really is me one too. of my favorite movies. Is there anything else that you want to say about the film?
1: I would, because I've been holding off on this the whole time. Do not Do let discount Rick Moranis, because he is a comedic genius in this oh movie, too. God. I love and, him And so um, just want to state that the this whole thing where he introduces like his party guests and like uh, the thing where he's holding some little tax party at his apartment the entire thing is done in one take and it is almost entirely improvised and i'm just like holy shit you could tell it when i watched it this morning there's no camera cuts and nothing and he just keeps fucking going rick moranis i love you i hope you come back to tv and movies at some point in time
0: i know i absolutely i absolutely love him as lewis and because he's just he's such this kind of like so meekish But he also has some responsibilities in saving and maybe unsaving things. But his role in a lot of movies, I don't think people give him enough credit for being such an improv comedic actor. Like there's so like the lines of, you know, like um, Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy and, and all of those folks that used to do like Second City and things like that, his timing but, is really really freaking impeccable yeah it's you so do out
1: second city second city will fucking walk all over you man. exactly shit.
0: super, super <laughs> funny but i'm so glad that you said that because i really do love his run of everything especially his interactions with annie potts because she is hilarious
1: <laughs> she is and one more thing before we go um r.i.p shout out to the god howard remus without you I you know, know this would not have been possible and uh, as much as people maligned your ghostly appearance in afterlife it was very touching i almost cried again saturday when i watched it so Aww. um yeah
0: <laughs> i don't want to talk about it <laughs>
1: that's okay you don't have
0: to <laughs> i was like I was like <laughs> that's literally was probably the sound that came out of my body when that happened but um <laughs> it was very touching but what's great about this movie and the fact that we're talking to you about it is that i feel like and because of your love of comic books i feel like the initial ghostbusters the original is really we're taken through that really like a comic book like we're taken through that whole you know the reveal of like the the demons and the baddies and everything that they have to kind of go through it's very visual and it's very the whole thing is really rather epic like there's no lulls to the movie where you're just like this scene is or only placed there to get us to another scene like how do you right. feel about the pace of the movie
1: I, I i'm right there with you i i don't really feel like uh scenes were wasted um I'm trying to, to look back on it because even in the sequel when they had little bs montages you know they still worked pretty well
0: <laughs> yeah. But I,
1: yeah don't
0: I'm forget right bobby there. brown is the doorman point. oh god yes <laughs>
1: That song is still killer. Yeah, Slaps like a motherfucker.
0: (laughs) It's a good jam. (laughs) I hope
1: his little kid brother got the proton pack too. He
0: really
1: wanted one. He really wanted it.
0: I will always remember the fact that he looks directly at the camera.
1: (laughs) And how Ramus is like, yeah, fuck your kid brother.
0: Sorry, Bobby, not this time, but I'm so (laughs) glad, Mark, that you were able to join me today. I'm so glad we got to talk about Ghostbusters. So where can the folks find you if they want to find your work, if they want to find any projects you're part of, where can they find you?
1: Well, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Emrah Maskey And if you go to that page, you would find my Coverfly profile where there's some scripts there. If you fancy taking a look, but anyway, you're probably not going to do that because you have a life. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't o- don't overestimate anyway, people's
1: lives. Mark. At M. writes is where you can find me on Twitter um, if you want to check out and follow me. But yeah, that's basically where I hang online. <laughs> oh, um, I love it. <laughs> but it was beautiful coming here today, Mo. I, I love talking about Ghostbusters, and I love getting to talk to you because you know oh. it's all all love, all great.
0: It's my- back at you, kid. I'm so excited. So thank you for joining us today, folks, and we will see you next week.